welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and today with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. And today, I think we are doing a topic of some sort. Yes, we are. Right? We have like, uh, this is like stemmed from clients, essentially. So um, I'm excited about this because I think it'll be good. I actually didn't know when you sent me the list of stuff. I had no idea that it was from our coaches and those were passed on to the coaches from their clients. So this is cool because one, if you're a client of ours, uh, we might cover a topic that you actually um, discussed with your coach and then was brought to us as a good podcast topic. Um, And if you are not a client of ours, well, you're going to learn some information that is probably in the back of your mind because typically if you listen to this podcast, if you are after fat loss, if you are after body composition or self-improvement whatsoever, like the people who work with us, well, you basically, I, I mean, you are our client. Yeah. Like, I mean, not to like do a sales pitch, but there's a reason why our clients are our clients. And a lot of them stem from the content we create. And it's because they're very similar to you. Um, which is actually something like, I think is, is we don't really talk about much, but, um, I'm like, I, I, it's one of the topics that, uh, we'll go over at the team meetup, but it's, it's part of like the, I was really trying to think of like, so basically I broke down the business mission, you know, and everything in, uh, you go over, I, I go, I'm going to be going over like the vision, um, mission which, statement, the mission statement, which I think is good for any business owner to do with their team every so often, you know, at least once a year Yeah. as things change, sometimes it'll be the same as it was. And you're just further along. Sometimes you got to redo it. Um, but within that, it's like, it's broken down into, uh, key characteristics, um, like self traits, like roles and traits of the team itself. Like, you know, if we are to fulfill this mission and act on these key characteristics, like who are we doing that and who do we need to become and what do we need to do every day and stuff like that. Um, so there's like layers of it, but one of them is like the traits of the individuals, you know, serving the people that you serve. And, uh, I kind of, I wrote out this thing that I'm excited to talk to everybody about. And I think it's relevant to what I just said with the people listening, being basically our ideal client. And for the people who are already our clients, listen to podcasts, like we center our whole focus in business around regular people. And I think it's, you know, like one of the themes I kind of wrote out was like, you cannot have extraordinary without ordinary, right? So extraordinary people aren't genetically gifted. They're not freaks. They're not like handed silver spoon. They're ordinary people who created extra success and became extraordinary realistically. Right. And so that's why it's a, a progression of the word, but our focus is to help ordinary people become extraordinary, right? Like it's to help average people become above average. Like we work with that. And part of the reason we're able to do that really well is because that's how we all are. Like it's cool. And like, I don't like to the team listening. This isn't me saying like, you're just normal as shit, but like looking around, it's like, man, everybody on team is just average fucking people. And that's the beauty of it. It's because average people stepping up to do above average things to do extraordinary things to accomplish more success in life to chase big goals and to kind of defy the odds that you need to be some kind of specially bred person or handed some silver spoon or some perfect situation or scenario in order to be successful everybody on the team is showing that in their individual roles like you don't got to be abnormally special yeah which realistically is the best way and this is another aspect of the whole process it's the best way to be role models for the people we serve because the people we serve are the regular people are the normal people are the average ordinary people who want an extraordinary life an extraordinary body extraordinary results extraordinary success extraordinary happiness you know and so for us it's like how do we accomplish that first to be the role model and to lead by example to show them that it's possible in their life too 
You know what I mean? Um, and it actually, it just like, I, to me, that fires me up so much more. Uh, I was talking about this on a podcast I did for so much more than what then, um, so like what I was talking about on the podcast is like, I, I'm not impressed by people who train like pro athletes. Yeah. I'm impressed by people who do what we do. Yeah. And that's not to belittle the people who train pro athletes. Cause there's amazing strength coaches who train pro athletes. Trust me. But I will say this, if LeBron James has 10 different mediocre strength coaches, I mean, he's fucking LeBron James. Yeah. He's going to be amazing no matter what, you know what I mean? But like, um, who's, who's the guy, uh, he, he, he's retired a long time ago, but like, uh, he's probably the shortest guy to ever play in the NBA. Mugsy Bugs. Boom. Yeah. For him to become what he became. Totally. That took some extraordinary coaches, role models, mentors, ambition, personal development on yeah. his end, work ethic. Like that is insane. He's not even normal. He's below normal. Yeah. Like he's, <laughs> Cause he's probably what? Like five, four. Um, see, so he's shorter than a normal person. Oh, absolutely. I would say six foot is short in the NBA. Yeah. Shit. Like he's on another level. Um, how tall is he? Uh, he is listed at five, three. Holy shit. Yeah. He's a dwarf in the NBA. He is. <laughs> absolutely. Crushing it. Yeah. So like my point being is like, what's impressive to me and what makes me so proud of the team. And so, so excited about what we're doing is that the people we work with are just normal people, whether they are like, Really, even the people who are like, because we do work with a lot of people who are really into fitness and nutrition. We work with people who are not as into fitness and nutrition. On both spectrums, they're just normal people. Yeah. You know, even myself, like, it, it, like if I didn't train like I trained for the last 12 years, I, I would not look the way I look. So, I, And I'm not saying that you need to train for 12 years straight to like get relatively jacked. But the point is, is like, there's nothing special about the scenario. It's just hard work. It's just self-belief and it's just consistency and being able to instill that into people and help them become their best versions of themselves because they don't, they want to live more than a normal life. Like that's, that's the coolest fucking thing. It's rewarding. Yeah. And it starts with all of us being normal as fuck. Yeah. You know, and I've seen, you've seen me say that at seminars too, where I'm like, my special power from a business owner is that I'm very fucking normal. Yeah. And that's why, like I used to shy away from, um, like even like, I drive a Chevy truck, so it's not like it's a fucking Lambo, but like the, when I got tires and wheels and then I got like the tailored logo on it and I kind of wanted to show that I used to be really like timid about, like, I didn't want to boast or brag, but even with the new building, like going in there and showing it and putting that like Jay-Z song behind it, that's just talking <laughs> about hustling and stuff. Like it's not to brag it's it, or impress. It's to impress upon people that like, I didn't get a loan for that place. There's no, nothing special. It's like, I'm, I'm just going to work hard and believe in something. And as a normal person, if you do that consistently, you can accomplish any type of success. Yep. Um, so I don't know. I think it's, I think it's super cool. And so like this podcast today is going to be topics from those normal fucking people that are just like you listen to this, um, centered around training nutrition. We have a huge list. So we're trying to like categorize them a little bit. Um, and today it's going to be more nutrition focused. Nutrition. And then one is kind of mindset related. Cool. But still diet fat loss. Yep. Kind of, yep. All right, cool. We, do you just want to break them down one by one? Yeah, let's just do that. Okay, so the first one uh, comes in from a client of ours and it says, why does food quality still matter and not just calories slash macros? So this is like... It's, so essentially the importance between whole foods and processed, right. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like why can't you just do the whole if it bit your macros thing? Bingo. Yeah. So I think that there there's definitely levels to this, right? So like if we look at on paper... A calorie deficit is a calorie deficit. So technically, some would say it doesn't fucking matter. But 
it starts to matter depending on the scenario and the situation. And that's what I think needs to be understood here. So for example, somebody comes in and they weigh uh, 300 pounds and they should probably be about 200 pounds for their, their height and stuff. And they want to lose hundred pounds. And I can almost guarantee anybody in this situation has some kind of bad eating habits. You don't get hundred pounds overweight if you are trying to diet or you eat healthy. Like obviously you're going to the drive-thru, you're eating shit, you're drinking alcohol too much, whatever it may be. And so for this individual, I actually see no difference between the two because the reality is, is like if you have like the health benefits of eating a lot of whole foods will still undermine the health benefits of losing weight because weight and excess body fat on your body is going to propose more health risks and concerns than lack of vitamins and minerals through your diet to an extent. And at the beginning of a hundred pound weight loss journey, that's absolutely the case. So for that individual, the best thing to do would be probably to follow the if it fits your macros approach to an extent, you know, like obviously if, if they, if they're that overweight, they probably don't have much experience tracking macros. So there's some education that's there and it is important. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like, tell them not to eat fruit and vegetables. Like, yeah, of course. Like, Hey, let's try to get some fruit and vegetables every day. Try to eat some lean protein sources. But the most important thing is like get your protein and hit your calories. Like I don't care how you do it. Protein bars, protein shakes. You want to fit a Snickers bar in there. That's fine. Like get the regular size, not the king size. You want to get some ice cream, get a pint. Get the Froyo version of Ben & Jerry's. Like you can make these substitutes that goes, okay, that slashes 200 calories. It's a little bit healthier. It's a little bit closer to your goals. Give them substitutes. Change from Coke to Diet Coke. Like simple things like that and just hit your macros and your calories. Not even macros, really just calories, right? Yeah that's going to lead to extensive weight loss over time, over the course of weeks and months. And when you lead to more weight loss, their health improves so much more than it would if they were ensuring to get a multivitamin, some fruits and vegetables. So there's that category. Then there's the category of somebody who on that same hundred pound journey is 50 pounds in or, or 80 pounds in even, right? They only have the last 20 to 40 pounds to lose. Let's say that individual is going to have to focus a little bit more on food quality. Right. And so the closer you get to your fat loss goal, the, the more important it is to focus on that food quality. Now, there's also a lot of people listening who probably have 10, 20 at max pounds to lose. Right. They're, they're already in this lifestyle and stuff. So then we have to consider why is it important to focus on those things within your calories uh, for the for the person who maybe is trying to maintain a, a leaner physique. Maybe they're trying to build muscle. Maybe they're they're trying to lose the last five pounds. Um, maybe they are a 120 pound female who wants to be 115 pounds. Therefore their maintenance calories aren't that high, let alone their diet calories. So we want to try to make the most out of their calories to avoid having to go to fucking sub thousand calories because they're so small that a calorie deficit becomes very, very tiny. So for these individuals, it becomes more and more important because you can maximize your calories. So for example, um, and this is like, this is actually like the case. If you, if you take let's say 200 calories of uh, strawberries, 200 calories of strawberries is a bowl. If you're, if you're on Spotify watching this, I mean, you could see my hands, but like, I mean, like a, a large bowl, not like a salad bowl, but it's a big bowl. Totally. Like if you buy like, you know, like, I don't know if it's like a half pound or a pound of little case of strawberries, it's easily that whole thing. Like that's really filling. You get a ton of vitamin minerals, a, a ton of uh, fiber. That's a very voluminous amount of food. Tastes great. It's a lot of chewing. It takes you time. You will be full from that 200 calories. 200 calories of, let's stick in the carb or sugar category, candy, that's literally like a fun-sized bag of Skittles. That's not going to fill you up. It's not going to give you any fiber, no protein, no uh, like antioxidants, no, nothing, right? So 
food quality becomes more important first and foremost because it's more voluminous and it's going to be more satiating. And it's going to provide you more vitamins and minerals and fiber, which is part of the reason why it's satiating. But there's also the psychological aspect of it. If I look at a bowl of strawberries, it looks very big. It looks very filling. I'm more likely to be full because my brain is telling me I'm probably going to be full because it's a big bowl. Um, so, and, and even on, on that tip, you could even put that in a smaller bowl. So it's like overflowing and that will fill you up more than if you put that same amount of strawberries in a big bowl, because there's research on, uh, like silverware and plate size. If like there's more, uh, contrast. So if you have like one steak on a huge plate versus one steak on a tiny plate, you're going to be more full from that small steak on a big plate because there's more contrast or vice versa. I'm sorry, a smaller plate because it fills up more of the plate. It looks bigger. Right. Um, and that's another topic, but psychologically speaking, I'll be more totally. So one of the reasons to, to stick with more whole foods and to not just focus on macros and calories is because I'm going to be more satiated. I'm going to get more vitamins and minerals, stuff like that. It's going to be easier. Like I'm going to fill my diet up with more things that are going to keep me adherent to the plan. Um, the next thing would be digestion. Obviously it depends on how sensitive your gut is. Some people, um, like I'll, I'll admit this, uh, like Shannon jokes with me, I have an iron gut, like we'll be eating chicken. She's like, I think this chicken's undercooked. I'm like, what? And I'm already done. I'm like, I don't even notice. Yeah. She's like, does not have that. Like she can't, she has a more sensitive gut than I do. Yeah. So I can eat fucking anything uh, in any amounts. And I'm anything, good. Huh? I'll eat the whole cheese board. There's no lactose intolerant in my house. Yeah. Like, so like, Point being is certain people, though, have a more sensitive stomach and, and digestive system, which means we have to pay more attention to food quality because processed foods might not be uh, advantageous for them. Now, there's no research to point at like processed foods messes with your gut, but it is very individual. Some people, if they have too much artificial sweeteners, they get an upset stomach. It's not damaging to the gut, and there's plenty of research to show that, but it can cause upset stomach. Um, some people it's dairy, whether it's a little amount or it has to be a great amount. Some people it's too much of certain vegetables. So some people we have to put on a low FODMAP diet because the type of vegetables can be disturbing to the gut, cause too much gas, digestive stress, so on and so forth. Um, I mean, the list goes on, right? Some people struggle with red meat because it's a little bit harder to break down than poultry or fish or, or dairy, right? But, um, completely independent. But again, almost always like we're looking at the composition of those calories, right? Meaning like within your calories, what kind of foods are going in there? It's going to impact your, your digestive system. If your digestive and absorption system, so the rate in, in quality at which your digestion works, allowing you to absorb the nutrients you're taking in both micronutrients and macronutrients, the macronutrients serve a purpose, whether it's energy, hormones, muscle growth, rebuilding tissue, whatever, that's at the mercy of your digestion. So if you can't digest anything you're eating, you're probably not going to absorb the valuable nutrients inside that food, right? So we can look at food quality from a digestion standpoint and absorption standpoint, which plays a role in energy recovery, so on and so forth. Um, then we can look at like satiety and fullness and, and adherence to the plan because of both of those things. Um, I mean, the list kind of goes on, but it, generally speaking, it's basically to cover your bases from a health. It's, it's like an insurance policy. You technically on paper can eat whatever you want within your macros and you will be able to lose weight. However, it becomes harder to feel good and healthy and energetic um, and not lethargic or bloated or anything like that, um, as well as uh, actually adhere to the plan, not only because of how you feel, but how full you are. The more you're fitting in junk and, and crap in your diet, the less likely you are to be full with the calories you have. And so the only time I say like, yeah, you probably should have less nutritious foods is when you're in a bulk and you're somebody who has to have a lot of calories because if there's two people here and one person is a, uh, like a, a stick and the other person is not a stick and they're both, tr- one's trying to lose weight, one's trying to gain weight, one's struggling to gain weight, one's struggling to lose weight, it's two opposite scenarios, right? 
But if they're the same like maintenance calories, let's say, the person that is trying to gain weight doesn't need more macro or micronutrients. He needs more calories. Mm. So let's say that person has to bump up to 3,000 calories to gain weight, and this person has to drop down to 1,500 calories to lose weight. But they both are still going to need two to three servings of fruits and vegetables. They're both going to need the same amount of water. They're maybe a little more water with more more calories, I guess. But they're going to need the same amount of fiber, same amount of um, uh, omega-3 fatty acids. Like you could argue that maybe the guy eating more food needs more fiber because he's taking in more. But then also you can say this person needs more fiber because they're getting less food. So they need more help with digestion. You know what I mean? They have to think about fiber more. This person doesn't because they're getting plenty of calories. They're going to hit their fiber. Totally. So the it kind of just depends. But it, the point being is like you're not healthier because you have, well, I ate four servings of fruit today and you only ate two. It's like, no, once you hit your quota, you're, you're good. So, um, it's the way flexible dieting really should work is that like you have your check boxes. Like once I hit my quota, I got like my insurance policy covered of health, fiber, omega threes, fruits, vegetables, sodium is in check, like protein intakes hit. Now I can spend the rest of my calories on whatever I want. If I have a huge caloric intake, it's easier to fit whatever I want. If I have a low calorie intake, you're probably not going to be able to fit much. Totally. Um, I think that, I mean, does that cover yeah, the question? Totally. And I think that's a really good transition into the next question. It says it, you were, t- uh, why, why doesn't intuitive eating, why intuitive eating doesn't complement fat loss goals? Mm-hmm. I mean, intuitively, I, I think intuition is, is, uh, it's trained. So like you, you really can't have a good intuition without experience, right? So like if you think of any other category in your life, like, um, you're in a situation and the situation is, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's like a very serious situation. Maybe it's an accident. Maybe it's a, um, uh, it's, it's like a fire, anything like just think of like a scary situation you're in, right? You're in any situation. Um, it could also even be a business situation, no matter what, if you're in a predicament and you don't know what to do, you look to the person who has done it before. No matter what, Amen. right? You look to the firefighter cause he's put out a bunch of fires before. You look to the police officer because he's been at a, a hundred different accidents in his career. You look to the person who owns a business because he's been running a business and marketing and doing all that stuff for a long time. So we look at these things and we go, okay, that person has intuition and they can trust their gut, quote unquote, because they've done it before. They know what to do. Not so much for me in the case if I'm new to this, right? So intuitive eating can work if you have that level of experience experience and and that with that experience you you get the knowledge and the discipline required in order to do it however i would argue that if for example i would be in that situation right i've dieted plenty of times before but i would even argue it's no longer intuitive eating because if i go to diet i am intentionally reducing my calories even if i'm not tracking them i'm intentionally like like resisting the the urge to eat because i'm trying to keep myself in a deficit to lose fat so it's like is that even intuitive not really i'm just not tracking so that's where like Intuitive eating doesn't complement fat loss because intuitive eating is not a fat loss diet. Intuitive eating is a maintenance diet. Mm. If you have accomplished the fat loss you desire and you don't want to lose weight, you don't want to gain, you just want to stay where you're at, you can intuitively eat if you know how to, right? Because you still have to have experience, but... So just not tracking isn't intuitive? I would say no. I mean, I think within intuitive eating, you don't track. Yeah. But (laughs) it's... uh, they they don't have to uh what is the word um i just did a post and i said ego and success don't, don't coexist yeah so kind of like that that's not the word i'm thinking of but kind of similar to that right like they don't they they can coexist here yeah. right because you can intuitively eat 
and obviously you don't track macros. They don't exist together. But at the same time is you cannot track macros and it's not intuitive eating. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, they, they go in hand in hand, but they don't, they correlate, but yeah, there's a saying yeah. that I'm thinking yeah. of right now I don't know. and I can't, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, they're not uh, mutually exclusive. Gotcha. That's the As word. In, I wouldn't have told you that. Uh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what I was thinking of. So in, in by that, I mean, like, again, I can go, I'm going to accomplish fat loss. I'm going to pursue my goal of fat loss and I'm not going to track macros, but I'm not eating intuitively because I'm intentionally trying to lose fat, yeah. which means I'm intentionally reducing calories somehow by removing food or a time of day of eating or whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's just not a fat loss diet. And that's why I think like people get hung up because there's so many people out there and this is uh, particularly with influencers who are already lean, who have already accomplished their goal, who have no problem maintaining their, their results because those individuals are where they're at because they spent a lot of time dieting very intentionally. In fact, they probably overdid it, right? Because they competed, they did photo, they did whatever they did. They took it too far. And now they say that tracking macros or dieting ruined my mindset of eating. They ruined my relationship with food and blah, blah, blah. And if you don't want to ruin your relationship with food, you should be intuitive eating like me. And the problem with that is, is that when Stacy, who has 40 pounds to lose and has zero experience dieting and wants to lose that weight to be healthier and a better version of herself and be happier and more confident in her body, she can't eat intuitively because she is eating intuitively right now. That's what where I was she's about. at, you know? So how do we teach her to get to an intuitive place? Well, she has to intentionally follow a diet. I would suggest macros until she gets to that place. Yeah. And so listening to people who speak, uh, and this is where like, again, going back to the whole conversation of like, we work with average people, we speak in our marketing and on the podcast and to our clients from a place that we used to be in because we used to be in the same place they're in right now. If I were to only talk about the place I'm in right now, nobody would benefit except the people who are on the same page as me. But guess what? Those people don't need a fucking coach because they're coaching too. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are me <laughs> in a different state doing a different company. Like, so I speak from a place I used to be in. And it's the same thing with like, uh, we've talked about this multiple times, like the volume thing. It just, it, that's driving me crazy lately. There's all these people saying like, can tell. <laughs> you don't need volume to build muscle. And it's like, you absolutely do. That is literally what science shows you aren't going to build muscle because you are beyond your genetic potential unless, and like I've talked about this too, I could build way more muscle, but I would have to sacrifice a lot of my time in the yeah. business and it's just not worth it just to squeeze out a little bit more, you know? So those people say that, but it's like, no, like that's, that's not the case for the person that's coming to you. The person that's coming to you needs to ramp up volume. Now they don't need to go from zero days to six days, but they need to go from zero to three or four and then eventually to five and then eventually maybe to six until they reach their genetic potential. And then they can go back to three or four to maintain that. Yeah. So, um, again, it's just like, you can't speak from a place you're at if you're coaching people from coaching people who are in a place that you used to be at, you know, and that's what I think I wish more people did in the industry. Um, or I mean, realistically, selfishly, I wish, I, I hope more people realize how good we are about that and see the bullshit from elsewhere because then they'll come to us obviously. But, um, or just that people would stop coaching the other way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, of course I wish that, but obviously if they keep doing it, hopefully people will see that we do it yeah, right. Totally so. benefit us. Uh, it cracks me up when you talk about like, for instance, for this question, intuitive being you need to gain experience, you know, mm -hmm. but that, that story that you, you even talked about in the, in the business industry about like when you were in college, mm -hmm. you're just like, Oh yeah. The teacher getting, getting taught by a professor that's never owned a business. 100%. You know. <laughs> I think that like 
I can just build a business intuitively. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, and that was the day I walked out of class for those who haven't heard that story. Cause I was in a business class and the teacher had never run a business before. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, if my, uh, if, if the guy who runs the books and the accounting and all that stuff for TCM, if he wasn't well off or financially successful and I, I would be Worried. Worried, right? <laughs> but he's very intelligent. He has his money very organized. He invests in things. Like, I see that. He's well put together. He lives in a nice area. I've never been to his house, but I know where he lives. I'm like, okay, I trust you. Like, yeah. you're obviously doing something right with your money. Yep. Um, and you're not in jail, so it's not fraud. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think there is a perception of, in, in, fuck, dare I say, like, if you're a coach, you should be in shape. Yeah. Like, I, I just think that there's a part of it that is like, if you're not in shape, it means you're not doing the exact thing that you're preaching to people. Um, I mean, we talked a little bit about this the other day, but, uh, or maybe it was yesterday. I get my days mixed up, but like I've posted more about like my family lately and, and being a husband and stuff like that. Yep. And for some, it might seem like out of nowhere because it's like literally every few posts I'm like talking about being the man of the house, being a good husband, being a good leader in your home and stuff like that. I will tell you this right now. I am not going to be starting any type of product for fathers. I'm not starting any type of family coaching or anything like that. It's just that I finally feel like I'm in a place where I got my shit together and I'm pretty good at it. And so I'm going to talk about it because I think I can help people now because I've, I've tested, tried things. I've tried tactics. I've, I've struggled with balancing business and family, all these things. And then now I'm getting a grasp of it all. And I'm feeling like I can maintain my sanity and positivity at home while here and staying motivated, doing all this stuff. I feel good about it. So I'm like, I'm going to talk about it now because I'm t speaking from a place of success, not from a place of what I want or think I want or anything like that. It's like I can, I, I have skin in the game now. Right. And it's the same reason why I talk about fitness and nutrition because I fucking live it like every single day I do this stuff. Yeah. And I, I do think that is extremely important. Um, it's part of the reason why it's hard to trust, unfortunately, some doctors now because there's a lot of doctors who they graduate, they become a doctor and then they're like, great. I got it made. Yeah. And then a decade goes by and the amount of research that comes out in a decade is insane. And they're just like, well, I don't, I already graduated. I don't have to do anything. There's no continuing education for a lot of that. Like just general physicians, doctors and stuff. Um, and I'm, I've talked to my general physician about this. So like there are really good ones out there and there's ones that recognize that and will go out of their way to continue practicing and learning and studying. Cause they know that they need to, to stay up to date with the field. Yeah. But like, it's it, to me, it's, it's hard when like you talk to some people, like I've had a bad doctor in the past and like, they've told me stuff about like, even like creatine. And I'm like, have you read it? Like anything, any research paper in the last five fucking years? Like you really tell me to stop taking creatine <laughs> five years. Like yeah. it's insane. Yeah. But anyway, tangent. Yep. Cool. That was great. Uh, let's move on to the last one here. Someone was saying, can you uh, elaborate on black and white and all or nothing thinking? Mm. So yeah. I don't know. This is pretty generic, but you can take it however you want. Yeah, I think this, uh, honestly, this is the exact problem with uh, not necessarily intuitive eating, but like this is why a lot of people think or try to do intuitive eating. They assume, again, I'm going to use that mutually exclusive thing. It's they assume that tracking macros and uh, all or nothing mentalities, like that those are just synonymous. Like it's just like, if you track, you're gonna be in that category. If you track, you're going to get disordered eating. And the reality is, is like disordered eating, which is far different. Disordered eating is very similar to like the all or nothing mentality within dieting and eating that is disordered eating. Um, 
an eating disorder is more of a medical condition, just so, so people listening can understand the difference between the two. Um, eating disorder would be anorexia, bulimia, things like that. Um, and that is much more related. Usually it stems from like way back in your past, your environment, potentially relationships, abuse, things like that, that cause those kind of things. And then food is the avenue that actually like, um, I don't know if facilitates the right word, but exacerbates those, those things. Definitely not facilitate. But. Whereas, yeah, but like disordered eating is where you basically take something too far and now you have like extreme amounts of OCD and you can recover from it. And it's usually, it's not like, I mean, I don't want to say usually it's not a crazy situation, but like there's, pl I've helped plenty of people get through disordered eating in my career, not trying to be a disordered eating specialist, but just, just telling them the truth, showing them the, the science, helping them believe in themselves and create patience and just working through it, supporting them one, one step at a time, you know? Um, and that's the problem with like a lot of people in the industry will say like, no, you got to refer that out to therapy. Well, the problem with therapy is you can't take email or text your therapist when you're at home. Like you go to your session that you have to pay a lot of money for, which if you can afford to go once a week, great, maybe a couple times a week, it's expensive. And you talk to them there, you walk out the office, you're done with, at least that's how like traditional therapy is done. Right. Which I'm not saying therapy is bad. I've done therapy before. I think it's great. But in this situation, I think a nutrition coach is more valuable because you're checking in every week. You talk throughout the week. Like there's way more support involved with good coaching. Yep. But, um, so like the all or nothing mentality is more of a personality type. Um, and I can speak from experience because I've battled with that for sure with all things. Like when I did my physique show, I went all or nothing and I've done that with business. I've done that with working out. I've done that with all kinds of stuff. Um, and it's hard to balance multiple avenues of your life or goals or whatever it may be. But, um, the all or nothing mentality to me, it's like, it can happen if, if you have that personality type, which if you're listening to this and you do, you know, you do, it's just, I mean, it's no shame. Like in some ways, honestly, like it can actually help you. I I've, I've talked about this with uh, patience too. Like I'm, I'm much more patient today, but if it makes any sense in a very impatient way. So like if I, if I set my mind to something or if I want something done, it's like, it's gotta get done. Like it just, it, we're doing it now. We're working on it. Like there's no waiting. Right. Um, and I've always been that way. And that's been something that people would say, like being impatient is a negative thing, but that way of being impatient actually helped me be successful. So the all or nothing mentality can be looked at that way, but with dieting, it usually ends up pretty negatively. Right. And, uh, the this can happen with paleo carnivore keto intermittent fasting macros it can happen with anything it's not one diet that causes it it's the person dieting that causes it and the attitude and perspective they have about dieting that causes it yeah so i mean those are my thoughts on it how do you get through it i mean support coaching uh, working through it the right way I, I i like training yourself or being trained by somebody to think logically instead of emotionally so and this is why I like asking clients questions to get them to, to get the answer. But like, if we think logically about macros and like, let's say like, uh, if you were to do the all or nothing mentality and get pretty OCD and take it too far, you're probably gonna hate your macros perfectly every day. You're never gonna have a free meal. You're gonna eat the same thing every fucking day. You're gonna make sure that if your goal is 150 grams protein per day, you hit 150 grams. If you have to eat four ounces of chicken, you're not eating 4.1, you're eating four. So you'll sliver off some fucking breast just to get that chicken breast to be exactly four ounces. That is extremely ridiculous because even if you do get those numbers perfect, it's still inaccurate because there is no perfection with macros. Macros are a extremely close estimation but they're still an estimation. So 
and I use the chicken breast example all the time because it's funny, but it makes so much sense. Like every chicken lived a different life. So every chicken ate differently had, uh, I mean, are they, you know, uh, like with animals and stock in general, is it corn fed? Is it grass fed? Like all yeah. those kind of things. Also, was it free range? Did it have the same amount of water? Did it grow as big or was it the runt? Some have more muscle, more fat. Like those things are going to change the macros and the calories of that chicken breast. Right. So even the region it's in. So, and that applies to fruit it applies to everything. So if you have a hundred grams of blueberries to weigh and you're worried about it being 103 grams, just eat it and still track a hundred grams because it, you know, not every blueberry is created equally like as crazy as that sounds. But when you talk to clients through that and you actually use realistic, logical scenarios like that, you can see the light bulb go off to them and you're like, would you agree? And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, that's sounds yeah, about right. Sounds about right. It's pretty obvious, <clears throat> right? It's like, okay, well, this is what you got to remember when you're being OCD that you're, you're using that energy to be so perfect and it's not even perfect because it can never be perfect. In fact, if you weighed it and it was 4.3, you might actually get the right macros because you don't know if it's under or over, right? Like, so speaking them to them in logical terms and understanding what flexible dieting actually is, it's not just like flexible foods, it's flexible ranges, it's that every week is gonna be different. Your energy expenditure is the same thing. You don't burn the same amount of calories day to day. It's different every single day. It's within a certain range but it's different. Deeper sleep leads to, to a bigger metabolic effect, more recovery, more muscle growth, different training sessions, expend different calories, um, different step counts. You fidget more certain days. Like it, there's just so many things that add up to your total daily energy expenditure that you can never know exactly what it is. So, yeah. um, to me, it's like macros are the easiest way to get out of the all or nothing mentality. Cause it's the only diet that allows you to be flexible. Paleo, you can't eat certain foods. Keto, you can't eat certain foods. Carnivore, you can't eat certain foods. Intermittent fasting, you can't eat at a certain time of day. So if I'm like, man, I really want to have breakfast with my daughter. Well, fucked up my diet. And if I don't understand that I there's calories and macros associated with what I'm eating, then I'm just going to go, ah, screw it. I'm just going to eat whatever today. I'm off the diet. Whereas if I was tracking macros and intermittent fasting, I can go, well, that's fine. I'm just going to cut calories elsewhere because it's all about the calories at the end of the day. I just skip breakfast and intermittent fast because it's easier to cut my calories that way. But I'll change my meal setup to eat breakfast with my daughter, you know? And so macros give you that flexibility and you can put numbers to this logic and it allows you to be so much less perf perfect or trying to have that perfectionism in the dieting. And it, it kind of removes that all or nothing, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that's it. I mean, and then that, and then like support, just talking to other people, talking to a coach that tells you, you don't gotta be perfect. It's not gonna be the best every day, like all these situations. And I think- I think uh, it's a huge factor, man. It is. It's a very big, I think it's one of the biggest things with coaching. Honestly. Confidence builder. Yeah. And having that self-belief in what you're doing and knowing the timeline and all that stuff and being realistic with it too. And that's another thing is like, if somebody wants to lose fat in eight weeks, cool, let's take 12. Yeah. You know, like having the confidence as a coach, which comes with experience, but having the confidence with the coach to tell the client, Hey, well, I want to take a little bit longer. Hey, I want to go a little bit slower. Hey, it's okay if you fuck up. Or like, I've talked about this too, where somebody's like, um, I want to have a day off tracking. Like, can I still accomplish my goals? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's just take, what do you want? Saturday? That'll be your family day and everything. Cool. I'm just going to be honest. It's going to add a few weeks at least to your, your fat loss timeline because, you know, unless you get it down right away, which you might, who knows, but there's a 50, 50 chance that those first few weeks you're going to overeat and it's going to set you back and you're not going to lose weight the first few weeks, even though you lost weight during the week and you were in deficit, but you got to learn how to have a free day without going overboard. And, I'm okay with that because you're going to have to learn it eventually. So let's just do it right now and we can integrate that into fat loss. Phase, yeah. You know, so, um, yeah. Love it. Those are good topics though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. We will continue this 
on another topic uh, or another day because we got plenty of these topics, like Cody said. So uh, if you want to go over the sponsors and uh, yeah, uh, I mean, shit, first and foremost, for anybody who uh, already talked to their coach, if you're listening and you are a client of ours, send your coach any questions that you would love us to cover. I mean, it's a, we never really thought to do that a lot, but this is, I think this is really cool. And it's a really good way to like speak to our people directly. Um, and talk to people who are not working with us that are just like the people who are. So if you are working with us and you would love us to cover anything on our, on our podcast, you can email me directly, Cody at tailoredcoachingmethod.com, or you can just tell your coach, Hey, text Cody, tell him to bring this up on the podcast, whatever. Yep. And they'll tell us. Um, and then real quick, if you are interested in coaching, obviously one of the biggest, uh, factors of what we do and endorsements of the podcast is our coaching. That's what funds and, and helps us produce this podcast to give out free content and information. So if you are interested in coaching, click the link in the description of this podcast, you can apply today, but you can also learn more. So if you're curious, you're on the fence, jump on a free call. We'll tell you all about it, but that, that page is going to tell you everything and more that you need to know about how we can help you get results. Last but not least, go check out giantlifting.com and use the coupon code TCM10 to save 10% off on any fitness equipment that you want in your house, your garage, or your gym. All right, guys, we appreciate you listening. We'll catch you next time.